This is A New Angle, a show about cool people doing awesome things in and around Montana. I'm your host, Justin Angle. This show is supported by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the University of Montana College of Business. Hey folks, welcome back, and thanks for tuning in. Today, I am speaking with the leaders of the Park High School Green Initiative, a group of amazing high school students committed to climate action. If I were to shake an adult, I I think I would just tell them that we are running out of time. I feel like a lot of adults nowadays, they just keep on putting off change. The Green Initiative has successfully raised funds for a solar installation at Park High School, organized a youth climate summit for high schoolers across Montana, and are engaged in the climate crisis with a unique blend of innovation and passion. Victoria, Remy, Josie, Anders, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. So tell us, where did you grow up and what are your parents doing? Victoria, let's start with you. Um, I grew up all over the country, but I spent my recent years in Bozeman and Livingston, Montana. Um, My mom is a county executive director for the Farm Service Agency, and my dad calls himself an AI architect for advanced micro devices. Remy, how about you? I grew up in Clyde Park, Montana, just a tiny town. Um, My mom works for a local nonprofit, and my dad works in finance. Super. Josie. I have grown up right in between Livingston and Clyde Park. My mom is a pig farmer and grows hay. And then my dad is a fishing guide and runs his own fly fishing travel business. Super. And finally, Anders. I grew up here in Livingston. My mom's a freelance writer and social media content creator, and my dad's a filmmaker. So we're here today to talk about climate and your actions in the climate crisis, the green initiative, all the things you do. Let's go through the group again and and talk about how did climate first come on your radar as something you should be paying attention to and thinking about. Victoria, why don't you start that? My mom's always been definitely politically active. So ever since like from a young age, uh, my mom's always been telling me, me about the latest news. And eventually we started talking a lot about climate when we moved to Montana and she started uh, farming. And I became involved in the farm, learned a lot about sustainability and the impacts of climate change on farming. And then I joined the Green Initiative. Super. Remy, why don't you take that one next? I don't think there's ever been a time in my life where climate change didn't feel like the most important thing for me to be thinking about and working on. I don't remember a time when it didn't feel important. And I think just as I've gotten more involved in the climate movement and climate action, it has become a bigger part of my life. Great. Josie? I think for me, it kind of started in seventh grade. Remy and I were looking for something to do to get involved in the climate movement. And so we raised money to get recycling bins at our last school. And then I came here and um, wanted to find a way to work with like-minded youth. So I joined the Green Initiative. Super. And Anders? Uh, My mom's always been pretty involved in that stuff, but I think it really came to my view during the 2016 election cycle. And at what age were you then, Anders? I would have been 10. Okay. Wow. So pretty piped in from a, from a, I mean, that sounds pretty aware as a 10-year-old. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Super. And 
I guess, you know, we'll talk about what the Green Initiative is in a moment, but I'd just like to get a sense for how representative of folks at Park High School or, or high schoolers that you know in Montana in general do you feel? Do you feel like you guys are sort of out on the fringe uh, in this in this effort? Or do you feel like there's a lot of folks that are kind of taking action and, and you're just sort of a random sample of them? Victoria, do you want to answer that first? I think that at Park High especially, there's definitely a lot of youth who care about the climate just because we spend all of our winter skiing and our springs hiking and we're constantly outside. Uh, so I think there definitely is an awareness. I just think that, um, and our green initiative is quite large, so there is quite a bit of people who are working um, trying to be climate warriors. Um, and so I think that overall Park High is quite the involved school. Remy, question for you. What is the Green Initiative and um, you know, what, are, what are your priorities for action? The Green Initiative was started in 2017 by a group of students and it kind of started out as a recycling club. We just wanted to get recycling bids for the school or the students who started it did. And since then, it's become a lot bigger. We fundraised over $120,000 to get solar panels for the school. And that's kind of when the Green Initiative became a big deal. Um, And since then, our main project has been having a big community-wide Earth Day celebration every year where we invite the whole community to have a bunch of different events with us and learn about the climate locally and globally. And this year we had the 2023 Montana Youth Climate Summit, which was where we invited kids from all over the state to join us and kind of get a taste of what we do in the Green Initiative. Yeah, that was my entry point to your organization and the fantastic work you do, being invited to the Climate Summit to talk about wildfire. Fantastic event. It was inspiring to see so many folks engage. It was also impressive that you pulled together such a large group and had folks like Steve Running and Kathy Whitlock there to, to, to engage with all of you, among others. Um, what were some of your highlights from the Youth Climate Summit? Anders, do you want to start there? I think it was hearing some of the experts talk, like the Dr. Renning and Whitlock you mentioned earlier. Uh, they were both really interesting. When you hear folks like uh, Drs. Running and Whitlock speak, do you find it encouraging, scary, motivating? Uh, what what kind of emotions do you feel when you're learning about sort of the state of the climate right now? I think motivating fits it well. I came away a lot more motivated than I came in. Super. Josie, what were some of the highlights for you? I think following Anders' suit, like listening to some of the experts speak and also the, I found the fire panel really cool. Yeah. What is it about fire that uh, interests you? I have family in California, and I also, my uncle lost his house in the Bridger Fire, so it's kind of mm. close to home. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us a little bit more about that experience of your uncle. Um, is he rebuilding in the same place, or like what, what kind of, what was the experience in your family? He rebuilt in the same place. He really likes the location, but it was a lot of stress because he was 
trying to put together the builders and the contractors. Remy, talk about your experience with the Climate Summit. What were some of the highlights for you? I think for me, the biggest highlight was kind of having a space where the Green Initiative can kind of share what we've been doing. It's been a big part of my high school experience, and I feel like we've never really interacted with other schools very much. And I think that being able to feel more united with like-minded people in Montana was really important for me. And also having people from the Healthy Montana trial there was really amazing to be in a space where they're my peers. How do you view the Held v. Montana case? How closely have you followed it? Is it a source of, of inspiration for you? Just you know, what, what are your thoughts on that uh, legal proceeding? I think it's really amazing that Montana is kind of leading the way in that sense because it's kind of the first trial of its kind. I think it's amazing that it's youth-led and is telling of our generation's drive to push back against climate change. And I also think it makes a lot of sense that it happened in Montana because we rely so heavily on all the natural systems here that we're so vulnerable to climate change. I think overall it's super inspiring to have that a local thing, not something I'm reading about on national news. Sure. So in your experience trying to promote climate awareness, trying to promote um you know, changes in behavior, changes in policy. Um, Where do you find you get the most leverage with your audience? What do you feel are the ways that you sort of approach persuasion with the folks that you engage with, with the folks that you try to get motivated and attached to the issue? Uh, Victoria, you want to take a stab at that? Yeah. um, So I've definitely, the biggest way I become involved in climate activism is through speaking. Um, In January of this year, I went to Helena uh, to speak in front of legislators and a bunch, a big diverse group of people. And I've realized that by using our youth, by using our age and our experiences, we kind of get almost pity points with the legislature. They realize that, hold on a minute, we're leaving all of these issues to the youth, um, that these issues that they didn't necessarily have. And by using our youth and the experiences that we are going through, they realize that maybe kids shouldn't have to be advocating and and trying to fight for our right to like a healthful environment, which is what the held kids were fighting for. And do you find that... Um, like tying your appeal to that constitutional provision in our state constitution, do you find that to be particularly persuasive? Oh, definitely. I think that in Montana, our constitution is, it's a pretty big thing um, in all over America, actually. It's just our pride and joy to to be able to form our own constitution during the the formation of the United States and to continue to abide by it. Uh, so I think that bringing in the Constitution, this document, which holds a lot, a lot of power over uh, the way that government works, is a really impactful way to fight for climate justice. Anybody else have any thoughts on, you know, the, the sort of uh, leverage points that were like the, the points that you find to be most compelling when you're out there trying to promote your cause and what your initiative is all up to? In my experience, I have noticed that people 
want to hear stories about people and yeah. like talking about polar bears not having enough ice to get around on isn't as impactful as talking about climate migration or drought and things that I think that people think about things that impact them the most. And well, some of the reasons that I first got into the climate movement were because of like deforestation and um, animals going extinct. I don't think that's what convinces people to care. Josie or Anders, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think showing people how it affects them personally, like here in Montana, a lot of agriculture, we have a lot of hunting and fishing and outdoors tourism. It's pretty important. So climate change does affect nearly everyone here. Victoria, you, you mentioned how important are, you know, both our state constitution and the U.S. constitution are in sort of your view of um, how to mobilize us uh, as a populace. How much faith do you have in our democracy at the moment? Is it something that you treasure and want to think of uh, your role in preserving? Or is it something that you all sort of feel like, you know, I don't know if this system is working for me? You know, how, how do you sort of feel about our system of governance, both in, in the state of Montana and, and in the country more broadly? Victoria, do you want to take a stab at that? I think that. Um, the opportunity for youth to be able to leverage the Montana Constitu Constitution for us to succeed in the held v. state trial has shown that it does definitely hold a lot of sway. And, and um, adults do definitely care about the Constitution, which I think as they should, it is our, our framework of governance. Um, I think, though, that nowadays this Constitution as nationally and, and in the state is... It's, coming, it's becoming a little debatable, uh, controversial almost, uh, just because it was created, like the national one was created hundreds of years ago. And although the Montana Constitution was updated, I think that a lot of youth, or at least those in the Green Initiative, wish that it was almost updated a little bit more and that it was modernized, um, especially on the, on the national level, definitely. Right. I think there are some areas in which it could use improvement, modernization, um, but there are also some areas in which it works wonderfully, um, including guaranteeing the right to the clean and healthful environment. We'll be back to my conversation with these amazing students from the Park High School Green Initiative after this short break. A New Angle is supported by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and UM's College of Business. Access to capital, broadband, and education are three ingredients any community needs for success. Hi, I'm Nora Sachs. I'm the host and reporter of Richest Hill, a podcast from Montana Public Radio, and you're listening to A New Angle. Welcome back to A New Angle. I'm speaking with students from the Park High School Green Initiative. But I don't hear much cynicism, right? Like you're not talking about like, hey, this system's not working for me. It sounds like held v. Montana may be reaffirmed. Some some hopefulness about our system functioning. Definitely, I think that it's it's really reassuring that the the legislators in this state still believe in the Constitution and that the courts still want to protect it. Wonderful, Remy, Josie, or Anders, do you have any thoughts on this big question? From my perspective, I think our current system works really well in 
upholding kind of the idea of business as usual and mm. kind of enforcing the idea that everything has to stay the same because it has stayed the same for so long. And right. I think that the Constitution really keeps us locked into what our country has looked like for a long time. And going forward, everything has to change if humanity is going to like make it out the other side. Like it can't stay business as usual, which I think our current system incentivizes. I think going forward, there have to be changes for, I don't know, for the climate movement to work. I'd love to get your take on adults. Like if you could grab an adult and shake them and say, I want you to understand this one thing, what would that one thing be? Anders, you want to take a crack at that? I think everyone gains from a transition away from fossil fuels towards a more renewable energy system. I mean, it's cheaper, it's a lot less to maintain, and as its name implies, it's renewable. Uh, you don't have to keep mining coal or drilling oil. Wind keeps flowing, and so does the water. Josie, what's your perspective on that? Um, I think that one thing that hits home in Montana is discussing agriculture and how mm. climate change is affecting agriculture and how our agricultural practices are affecting climate change because it goes both ways. Can you drill on that a little bit more? I mean, you said that your family operates a pig farm. How, how has climate change sort of become real on, on your farm or the farms of you know, your, your family's colleagues? So it really comes in the form of the amount of irrigation water we get each year um, okay. and when we get it and how we're able to make it work because what recently, like as it gets farther and farther into the summer, we have a harder and harder time getting water to the end of our property and getting enough water for everybody along the canal system to irrigate. Yeah, so the runoff is either not as robust in general or coming faster, right? Um, and then it runs out. Yeah, and also coming sooner. Um, so sometimes it all the runoff comes before irrigation season is really open or ready. Remy, what's the one thing you would like to convince grown-ups of? If I were to shake an adult, I would say <laughs> this is your problem too. Like you can help now. I feel like a lot of adults think that their time is over for helping with the climate movement and it's the young people will figure it out, but they're still going to be here with us when it gets really bad in a few decades. So why don't they help now? Yeah, it's sort of a, a, a lazy form of thinking, like being overly dismissive that uh, you're describing there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Victoria, shake me around and convince me of something. Um, if I were to shake an adult, I, <laughs> I think I would just tell them that we are running out of time. I feel like a lot right. of adults nowadays, they just keep on putting off change. Um, like Remy said, putting it off to the next generation. And it's just like, the years are getting hotter and hotter. This year is going to be the hottest year on record. Next year is going to be the hottest year on record. It is just the climate is becoming more and more unpredictable. And we are almost out of time to reverse this damage. Um, and at, at some point, I think that a lot of adults need to recognize that 
you can't you can't procrastinate change much longer, I think. So I'd love to get some of your view on what are the priorities for the Green Initiative uh, for the rest of the academic year and beyond? What are the kind of things that you're scheming, uh, actions you're wanting to take, priorities? Um, what's the Green Initiative up to right now? Uh, Anders, you want to jump in on that? I think after the climate summit, we're pretty excited looking for new projects. We've applied to a ton of grants. Uh, there's some program like a statewide program to get electric school buses that Super. we're trying to get the school on board on and uh we recently received an award for climate heroes being climate heroes jesse remy or, or victoria other other priorities for the group right now there's a big piece of funding coming from the federal government right now coming from the inflation reduction act Okay. Um, called the Climate Pollution Reduction Grant, and they're funneling billions of dollars into all sorts of climate action across the country. And Montana is looking into applying for this grant and putting all of the money towards public schools. So we've been making some comments on that and just kind of gearing up for what that would look like for us if that ends up happening. I mean, on a more like school-wide um, level, we're currently applying to some smaller grants um, for things like like compostable um, utensils and stuff like that. So we're trying to oh, make super. small, meaningful change around our school so we produce less waste and are more um, environmentally sustainable. So in the remaining time, I would love to sort of uh, shift the lens forward and kind of get some some idea of what y'all are thinking about for y your future career studies and beyond you know what are what are kind of your hopes and dreams anders what are what are you thinking about what's next for you i've always been really interested in urban planning and land use and transportation i feel like that's kind of a topic that's not spoken about as much but it's a big deal like how much we drive uh, how much electricity we use to heat our homes, how far we have to move resources. So I would love maybe to do a career in that field, but I'm trying to keep my options open and uh, see where the wind takes me. Yeah, some of those default assumptions in how our communities, how our society is designed, um, we just sort of take them for granted, but they were decisions that were made or you just sort of passively um, adapted to. But yeah, they have giant implications for, for how, how we conduct our daily life. Josie, how about you? What do you see in your future? I really want to major in chemical engineering and then go on to med school to become a pediatric neurologist. Wonderful. Wow. So that's, that's fairly specific. How did that, uh, that uh, particular passion come to, come to your heart? I had... A teacher last year for chemistry that kind of made me <laughs> made me fall in love with chemistry. But beyond that, um, I had epilepsy as a child, so kind of like the connection and um, empathy from that, as well as just kind of having a weird fascination with the function of the brain. Remy, what's in your future? I am definitely hoping to go into some sort of environmental field. Um, I'm interested in environmental science and especially in agroecology. I'm really interested in agriculture 
and how kind of natural systems interact with our built systems. Victoria. I wish in my future to serve in the United States government. Um, I'm going into government and then I want to do a graduate degree in law. Um, I just want to figure out the connection between like grassroots politics and national um, sort of procedures when it comes to government. Um, I'm really interested in things like political messaging and and public policy. And I kind of want to explore that further in school. Do you see yourself as as running for elected office or do you see yourself as sort of a, a, a staffer behind the scenes, rule maker, or somebody more operating in the in the operation of the bureaucracy? Um, I've always loved being almost in uh, like public speaking, kind of being in the public eye almost and, and fighting yeah. uh, front and center for things like climate justice. So I do see myself running for for some sort of elected position, but I'm I'm keeping my options open. I'm I don't know too too uh, soon what I'm gonna do. I'm only 16 years old, so yeah, fantastic. I mean, it's just awesome to hear the energy and and um, and ambition and hopefulness across the four of you. I mean, we're living through a time where it's easy to sort of throw up your hands and you know say the world's going to hell and there's nothing we can do about it, but. You know, what I'm hearing from the four of you and, and what it sounds like uh, y- your community, at least at Park High Shares, is is a sense of hope and a sense of what's possible. Um, as we close, what, uh, what do you think of that? Do you feel hopeful? Um, and how do you get others to, to feel that same sense? I feel hopeful because I don't think there's really another option. Like... Mm. If we don't feel hopeful about the future, there's no reason to like keep going forward, no reason to keep fighting for our future. And so yeah. without some outraged and informed optimism, I don't think there's any point doing what we do. I love that. Outraged optimism. I think that's uh, that's some sort of a slogan there. Um, yeah. Anybody else have any thoughts on sort of your emotional disposition about the future? Yeah, I think, I mean, fighting for a better climate is something you have to do. Uh, Even if it doesn't end up working completely, I'd rather be able to say, at least I tried. Well, I got to say, I love the spirit. I find it inspiring. And um, it's been a real honor to get to know the four of you and learn more about the work you're doing and to be able to shine a light on it through this program. So Thanks so much. Uh, We're meeting early on a day before school starts. So I appreciate you having the initiative to to participate in this and and more broadly to uh, do the great work you're doing on behalf of the climate, on behalf of Montanans. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to sort of see what's next for all of you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to A New Angle. We really appreciate it. And we're coming to you from Studio 49, a generous gift from UM alums Michelle and Lauren Hansen. A new angle is presented by First Security Bank, Blackfoot Communications, and the University of Montana College of Business. With additional support from Consolidated Electrical Distributors, Drum Coffee, and Montana Public Radio. Keely Larson is our producer. Ella Hall is our production assistant. VTO, Jeff Ament, and John Wicks made our music. And Jeff Meese is our master of all things sound. Thanks a lot, and see you next time.